We're in the section of Matthew's Gospel right now where it's all about uh, the parables. We heard them last week, of course, this week, um, and next week as well. What are the parables meant to do? What they're meant to do is kind of use an analogy in a certain sense of what the kingdom of God is like, or when the kingdom of God comes, or even how we're called to live our, our faith life. Now, these parables have become very familiar to us because we, we hear them uh, every year for the most part, at least in the synoptic gospels here and there. Uh, but what they're meant to do really is kind of those, those modern day times analogy. So for farmers, they know exactly what, what Jesus is talking about, especially uh, 2,000 years ago, or for, for bakers. And I think for us, we kind of miss the analogy a little bit because most of us here in Excelsior, we're not, we're not farmers. You may plant, obviously, plants in your garden. Uh, mo- many of us are not bakers. Maybe I'm just talking about myself, by the way. If I need to bake, I just go to Cub Foods and pick up a loaf of bread. It's much easier that way. But now next week, one of the parables is about fishing. I'm like, there we go. I cannot wait to get uh, to, to that one. But once again, what they're meant to do is to help us to kind of say, all right, how can I use this analogy uh, in my faith life? And Jesus was very good at this, trying to explain the kingdom of heaven, but also a little bit in a, in a hidden way. What I want to do today is kind of use a, a parable uh, that involves some things going on here at the church. Now, full disclosure, as you know, I am not Jesus. So my parable, it will never be as good as the ones that he uh, does. So let's keep that uh, in mind. But I actually want to use kind of a parable, uh, a little bit about our faith life uh, in the parking lot. So this is how it goes. This is how the parable goes. If you don't maintain your faith, if you don't maintain your faith like a parking lot, it will have holes and it will not be structurally sound. Of course, you pulled up today and you thought, look at that nice new parking lot. We have lines. We have actual no holes in it. But that was not the same case last week. Last week I heard you pulled up. I wasn't here, by the way, when the parking lot got redone. I think that was divine intervention, by the way. Because see, last week, uh, when, we, when the parking lot first started to get done on July 10th, that was a Monday, it was supposed to get done by Wednesday, July 12th. But that didn't happen. Why? Well, on Monday, they had to mill down all of the old asphalt. Kind of that other parable. You don't put wine, uh, 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 new wine in an old wine skin. You don't redo a parking lot just by putting it over and over again. You do sometimes, but ours was in such disrepair we couldn't do that. So they had to mill out all the asphalt. And by Monday evening, they saw there was an issue. And so they called or texted Megan Adam, our parish business administrator, and said, do you have time to meet in the morning on Tuesday? So Megan said, sure. She came in on 7.15, and she saw all the construction workers sitting around, their trucks kind of standing out there going, huh, mm. and drinking their coffee, whatever they do. Now, you know construction workers, they're always going, 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 at least here in Minnesota, not always in Europe, by the way. That's a side point. So she sees this happening, and she walks over and says, what, what's going on? They said, you want to wait for the supervisor. Supervisor came 15 minutes later and said, we have something I never want to tell people. I have really bad news. The news was this. The foundation underneath the parking lot was still wet. It's a mixture of sand and clay. Usually that's what we expected, 
but we were not expecting, they were not expecting to be wet. That only happens usually in swampy areas or maybe at the bottom of a hill. But we're actually on top of the hill here in Excelsior. So they said, we just don't feel comfortable laying down asphalt over a wet foundation. We could, and for the first three years, you'd think it'd be perfectly fine. And then cracks would start to show up after about three years. After about five to seven years, you'd start seeing huge dips in the parking lot, and it'd essentially look exactly like it did two weeks ago. Pretty beat up and not sound. So he said the other options, and he gave one option that just was not financially feasible, the other option he gave, though, is saying this. What we want to do is take cement and inject it into the sand and the clay and let it harden. Now, this, of course, is going to cost a little bit more money, you could assume. And so Megan decided, you know, let me talk to some people about this. She contacted uh, the parish trustees. She contacted the, uh, the, the head uh, of the parish council and the head of the finance council, and they made sure to get in contact with me somehow as well. Uh, and we all gave the approval for it uh, to happen because financially as a parish, uh, praise God, we have a, a, a nice uh, reserve fund, especially for unexpected expenses. And this is one of them. And so what they did is on Friday, they took 170 tons of Portland cement and mixed it into the clay and the sand, about 12 inches uh, worth, by the way. And the reason it took till Friday to do it is that's just a, a volume we, that's just not usually on hand. And so on Friday, they laid it down. When you pulled up to Mass last week, you may have noticed, okay, this isn't exactly done. And the reason why is we were still called to have it hardened during that time, but we had to make sure we had Mass on the weekend. As soon as Mass was done at 10 a.m., we closed down the parking lot once again, and eventually it hardened to the point uh, where they felt comfortable of laying down kind of that base layer of asphalt. That's so they laid down two and a half inches of asphalt, but now we know that it's on that solid foundation. It's supposed to be four inches, by the way, but we made the decision, well, they made the decision, praise God. What we're going to do is let the, the first uh, kind of winter pass by, and then we'll finish off the parking lot next summer. So it's a process. So if you pull up and you're, you're out there and you're saying, I thought this was supposed to be a perfect parking lot, it's not supposed to be a perfect parking lot right now. So please hold your complaints until next summer, all right? Um, but that really is a great way because now we're going to add an inch and a half in the summer. And we kind of call that, they call that the kind of the final wear course. Uh, and they'll restrip uh, the, the parking lot next summer as well. Here we thought we could just redo a parking lot in three days. And sure enough, it's going to take about a year to finalize our parking lot. You know, I think so often with our faith life, by the way, we think it's a simple snap of the finger and we're good to go. And that's just not the case. Our faith life always needs to have ongoing maintenance. So how do we get that, that firm foundation in our faith life, by the way? Well, we know that firm foundation only can be through Christ. Most of us here are baptized. We are claimed, we truly are God's sons and daughters. That he has wiped away that original sin from us. How beautiful, right there, that we don't have that corruption of sin in us, at least the original sin. And that's through 
baptism. So we can rely that we know that we have at least some of that firm foundation through Christ. But how else can we build up our foundation? I think for so many of us, we think, well, Father, I went through Catholic school, or I went through faith formation, or I went through confirmation, I went to a Catholic college, or I went through RCIA, so I am good to go. Let me just ask you this question. Did you really pay attention when you were a 13-year-old? I know for me, when I was 13 years old in religion class, you know what that was called? Throwing spitballs and flirting with girls. I was good at one of them, by the way. <laughs> All right, right? So we know, we know that our foundation has to go deeper than just what it was at 13 years old or in college or even 10 years ago. We should always, always, always be investing in our faith. We should always be building it up. And part of that is by study, by the way. It's going and trying to find more knowledge about God. We're never going to figure them all out. He's always going to be a mystery. But he does reveal himself to us. And so how do we, how do, we do that? Well, one of the great ways is, is simply by it's not simple, by the way, but something we call to do is by doing spiritual reading. Spiritual reading. We have a beautiful library here. I encourage us all to take books out of there and to actually do spiritual reading. We have a great kiosk in the gathering place with books that we think are really, really, really good and kind of modern-day books as well that can help you develop your, your spiritual life. Five to ten minutes a day of spiritual reading. And I know that can be hard. I struggle with it too sometimes. When I, get back at the, when I get back to the rectory, I don't always want to do spiritual reading. I don't. I'd rather turn on YouTube and watch highlights of whatever, right? That's a lot easier. But which one is going to fill me? Highlights of the British Open or spiritual reading? Which one's truly going to feed my soul? It's that spiritual reading. It's by doing even media that has a spiritual connotation. The Bible in a year, catechism in a year. Going on form.org. All of these great things can truly help build up our foundation. What else? Of course, we know that even adding on to that foundation of our faith, sometimes we know that there's holes in there. So we need to stay close to the sacraments. Of course, coming to Mass receiving the, the Eucharist, letting the Lord abide in us. If we know there's a hole between us and God, what do we need to do? We need to be reconciled. And so we go to the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation, that God not only forgives us, but that he heals us. He patches that hole. He makes us one again. How else can we build up this, this foundation? How else can we build up our faith? Well, it's by spending time in prayer. We know this. We know the importance of prayer. Do we spend time daily in prayer or not? You know, one of the beautiful things we have at this parish is our adoration chapel. Unfortunately, we have more hours open now than we've ever had before. We have more open adoration hours than we've ever had before, at least as I've been pastor here. I'm seeing fewer and fewer people in the adoration chapel. 
Jesus Christ truly is present in the Eucharist. The most peaceful place that you can go is right in there. Look at the Lord. Let the Lord look at you. Let him heal you. Let him feed you. Let him build you up. It's so important. Our faith life is not just done in a snap of a second, a snap of a finger. It takes time. But is it worth it? And when we have that firm foundation, when a crisis of faith comes, and we all have had them before, an illness in a family, a loss of a job, an argument with a loved one, whatever it may be, when that crisis of faith comes, we know that God is with us and we have that firm foundation. But it's something we always need to work on. And the beautiful thing is, and this is so beautiful, we need to remember this, it's not just us working on it. But more importantly, it's God there to help. He truly wants to be the divine physician. I'm going to say a title of Christ I've never said before. He truly wants to be the divine construction worker. He wants to work on you. Will you allow him to do it or not? If you don't maintain your faith, it will have holes.